Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Boomer. Some people don't like the term, but I think, like many other words, it's all in how you say it. My umbrella business is Boom with a Bang, and I think we should keep that in mind as much as possible. We Boomer women don't have a lot of role models as we traverse this chapter. So the goal of this podcast is to introduce you to guests who might incentivize, encourage, teach you to embrace your wisdom, our wisdom. With this incarnation of the Boomer Woman's Podcast, I'm interviewing people who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at boomwithabang.com. If you want to be a guest on podcast or know someone who would be a great guest, message me. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value, we know how to do it, and we must perpetuate the art form. So let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. When I visited the website of today's guest, the first words I saw were sexual magic. That got my attention. As I scrolled, I read, and I quote, I am all about the power of the woman. This isn't feminism. This is the power of the modern woman. As an older woman, I'm well aware of the power we women hold. Wisdom, knowledge, tenderness, how all life, human life, comes from us. Alara is a younger woman, and I'm looking forward to hearing how younger women are stepping into their power, recreating, perhaps, the power of woman for a modern world. Alara Sage, welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. Hello, hello, Agnes. Thank you so much for having me here. Alara, as I browsed your website, I noticed words like passion, pleasure, magnetize, power. These might be considered in-your-face words. Mm. But I, all I sensed was a more subtle feeling, as if those concepts were very deeply rooted in a woman, intrinsically perhaps within us, if only we stepped into our power. Am I ballpark? Absolutely. And I would say, you know, it's, it's really the acceptance of our power. It's, it's the acceptance of who we are as women, as, as the woman, as the bearers of the womb, are when, we, when we're really starting to understand what that really means. And you know, I come from a spiritual background. I come from a semi-tantric background. And there's so much wisdom in the womb. It has been called in the spiritual communities, the Holy Grail. And as you so beautifully put, that's what we are as women. We are these bearers of wisdom. And when we really begin to accept that that's who we are, not how society has labeled us, not how our generations have claimed themselves to be, but within ourselves, that's when we tap into this magnitude that each woman has. And it's a, it's a genius within themselves. It's unique to them. Each woman is her own natural genius that is connected to this inexhaustible, inexhaustible energy, inexhaustible wisdom, inexhaustible creative life force. I mean, let's be really real. We create human life. We create, we take energy, creative life force energy, and we turn it into physical structure. 
If that isn't magic, I don't know what is. Okay, that is a really good point. <laughs> what, a great, <laughs> what a great way to start. Oh my goodness. Okay, but I am going to back the bus up a little bit. Who is Alara Sage and how or when did she sense and embody her passionate self? So I am a, I call myself the ecstatic life mentor because I am really here to help women live this orgasmic life outside of sex, in sex, absolutely. And just in life, a highly pleasurable, highly ecstatic, bliss-filled, orgasmic life. And this is, this is what I personally had to go through. I was actually a non-orgasmic woman for most of my life. And in 2015, I went through a spiritual awakening where I had this delightful experience where I had just started meditating. I just started really getting into spiritual uh, teachings and I worked on horses at the time. And I, at, at this time I was still largely unorgasmic. I'd had some orgasms, but I had to like really focus and everything had to be just so perfect in order for me to, to orgasm. Didn't happen very often. And it seemed more of a chore than it did any level of pleasure. Right. And so anyways, I was driving in my car to go visit the horses and I heard a message because I was receiving messages from my higher self, my higher consciousness being at that point, ohm three times. Now I didn't really ohm as a practice, but I, I was like, okay. So I was driving, I took a nice deep breath and full ohm all the way to the end. And then I repeated that two more times. And at the very end of the third ohm, an energy shot from the from my pelvis all the way through my body, up my crown, and I went into a full body orgasm, something I had never experienced. I was, my whole body was shaking in orgasm. I had to pull the car over. <laughs> I was just gonna ask that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very, very intense. And after the orgasms decided, I was in this immense bliss, like I had never experienced. And that was the very quick uh, and, catalyst to what I now do. I didn't actually know what happened to me. It's called a, a Kundalini awakening. It was a spontaneous Kundalini awakening. I had no idea what Kundalini was. And it took me very quickly on this journey of what is sexual energy? What is sexual power? Who am I? And, you know, very, very rapidly, I started diving into that um, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, every single angle I could come from. And now I am a highly orgasmic being, uh, you know, in sex, of course, multiple, intense, crazy, just bottomless, sideless, topless orgasms. <laughs> I say, you know, there's no limit to them. They, they just keep growing, uh, but also in life, which I, I feel that, you know, we often don't understand that life is meant to be highly pleasurable. You know, we have all these beautiful senses, like our taste and our touch, our sound, and our bodies are here that we can experience the physical in this highly sensual way. But we just think of sensual and pleasure as like for sex, but it's not, it's for our everyday lives. And so now I experience my life highly orgasmic, highly sensual and pleasurable. Uh, it's interesting that you went to pleasure because I was going to mention that you do talk about pleasure. And while part of that is sexual, there's so much more to it than just the sexual. Do you mind expanding? Like, 
You yeah. just blew the walls off your orgasms. So. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, right? <laughs> well, you know, it comes a lot down to when, when I, I get trained by my higher consciousness. I go through these trainings, these initiations and these trainings. And one of the things I was taught is about being in the present moment and the power of our bodies, right? Our bodies are always in the present moment right? Like, isn't that a funny thing? We don't really think about that. We're always like, oh, like, what does it mean to be in the present moment? I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of that, be in the now, be in the present moment, be present. Sometimes we don't understand what that means, but our bodies are always in that moment. And so they're an excellent avenue to learn to be in the present moment. And so as I was being taken into this training, I would call it of presence, when I started to really be with my body, and what I mean by that is really just bring my awareness, like right now, like, okay, there's my legs, I can feel my legs, I can feel my body. I started to feel so much more. And all of a sudden, you know, and I would take myself and I would sit outside and I would just feel my body. And all of a sudden I was feeling, you know, the sun, feeling the wind, feeling the air, tasting the air, smelling the air. Everything became highly, highly sensual. And if I just relaxed into that experience, it too became orgasmic. It's interesting that, uh, you, you know, you commented on the fact that your body is always in the now. Is, is it a matter of reining the brain in perhaps to be more in alignment? with with where the body is so i'm just yeah thinking so much of that external stuff that we we think is important that we're always thinking about yesterday or tomorrow um whereas our body is here right at this moment yeah it's about where our awareness is which you can think mm -hmm. of where your focus is right so usually people's focus is either like you said in the past reliving things that happened over and over and in their minds or it's in a unknown, a future that doesn't exist yet, that they're trying to create with their mind. And so when we just bring our focus to the body, you bring your focus into the now. We talk about body. Um, what is an embodied woman? It is, it is the ability to be present in the moment and really understand your own personal power. So one of the things I wanted to bring to your listeners today was a very, you know, intense conversation around the energy of shame, right? Because every single person on this planet has shame. But when we get into women particularly and the boomer generations and, you know, even my generation, we have a lot of shame around our bodies. We have a lot of shame around our sexual exploration. We have a lot of shame about desire, about passion. I mean, it's just the list goes on. Everything we've mentioned today, we could tick off. Yep, there's shame there. Yep, there's shame there. <laughs> so the embodied woman has, you know, really healed that shame. And when we heal that shame, we are in that acceptance that I was speaking of earlier. We're really able to connect to who we truly are because shame is, is a rejection. It's saying that who we are is not okay, not good enough, too much, you know, all the different labels. And it really causes self-rejection, self-abandonment, self-betrayal, self-hatred. 
And underneath all of that is where shame exists. And so the embodied woman has gone through the process. And this is what I really help my clients with is to heal that shame. Because a lot of times we don't even know what the shame is. We're not even connected to it. Like maybe your listeners, as I'm saying the word, they might be like, I sense that I have shame. But that doesn't mean that they understand where it is and how to connect to it, right? So when I work with people, that's what we're working on. We're working on these deep rooted wounds that you may or may not be aware of that are also passed down generationally. You know, if you think about your mom and her mom and all the things that they experienced, that gets passed down to you in the womb and in literally in your genetics and in your physical body. So the embodied woman is a healing of, of that shame and then a connection to her power. And it comes through such a beautiful acceptance of the self. This isn't showy. This isn't like, hey, everybody, look at me. This is like, I am powerful AF. And that's all I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> and look out world. Look yeah. out world, you know. <laughs> It's interesting that you mentioned what comes through us through the generations, you know, our mothers, our grandmothers, um, because just more and more recently on podcasts, I've had people on who talk about, you know, basic genetics, you know, your DNA, it's, it's all pretty obvious, you know, I got my brown hair from my dad, I got my, you know, whatever, um, but those more internal traits uh, characteristics that aren't physical, um, the fact that they can come from, so often we think of, you know, well, you, you know, your parents said to, you know, like, be polite, or don't, don't rock the boat, that sort of thing, um, which we've internalized so much of that as women, uh, well, probably as people. But um, when you realize that part of it is also a generational thing, you really perhaps start to understand that we may have a little bit more work to do on ourselves than we realize. Yes. And I have a really wonderful story that, that I think will really connect. A couple of years ago, I, again, through my meditations and through my spiritual practice, I started being shown, you know, my, my womb and my ovaries and my cervix and all of this shame through my lineage was starting, was exposed to me. And so through meditation, I'm a, I'm a healer. And through my meditations and my self-healing, I started to what's called transmute this energy, which is turn it into back to unconditional love. And, you know, I didn't have any understanding as to why all of a sudden this showed up in my space. And I started going into the energy. It was very, very thick energy, very, very deeply rooted shame in my feminine lineage. And it was about two weeks after this process started that my father contacted me and told me my mother had been diagnosed with cervical cancer. Wow. And, and, it's, and like when I, when I heard that, cause I, I tap into energies, I tapped into her energy and it was like, that's the shame that I've been working on. Oh my God. You know, just now I get blissed. I get these, shots of bliss um, because it was just such a beautiful direct validation of what we speak of here because i've experienced this a lot in my own personal way of how i'm told this comes from your feminine lineage this comes from your masculine lineage your ancestral lines 
but that was just so beautiful as it just came into my space. I started working on it and she had been, she had found out the diagnosis around the time that it had shown up in my space. And I had started to heal our ancestral lineage, even though I didn't know that she'd been diagnosed with cervical cancer. Something in that brings the word intuition to mind. I, I don't know quite what it is. <laughs> Can you talk to intuition, please? Yeah. So women, this is what our wisdom is. Women are highly intuitive. You know, there's that saying, uh, you know, a woman's gut instinct or a mother's gut instinct. That is real. We are highly, highly intuitive beings. And the embodied woman is deeply connected. She's deeply connected to the cycles of nature, of the cyclical energies that exist on our planet, the cyclical energies that exist in our entire uh, solar system. And she can feel and sense, see, and experience multiple planes of energy and information. And so intuition is a, is a subtle way of connecting to that <laughs> amount of information. And when we, again, when we are an embodied woman, we are very anchored in our intuition. I live 100% by my intuition. My intuition tells me everything to do every day, all day long. I don't go by anything other than my intuition. And the beauty of that is it creates, for one, an extremely orgasmic life, but two, an extremely fluid and graceful life. Things show up for me right as I need them without asking. There's a fluidity, a flow to my life. It's very graceful. So yes, what happened in that moment was a connection to, intuition is basically connecting to subtle energy fields of information. And that's what intuition was or is, and that's what happened in that moment. And it's one of the superpowers of women. You use the term, you know, your gut instinct. If so often we have a gut feeling about something and, and we don't go with it. If we put a lid on it too often, are we just making it more difficult to get back to understanding and trusting it? Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked that question because what I was referring earlier with the shame, I mean, for one, intuition is not something that like our society teaches, right? Like you don't hear like, hey, trust your intuition. You know, sometimes you kind of hear it, but mainly we put a lot of emphasis on our mind, on an intelligence, logical intelligence versus uh, consciousness intelligence. And, and that has great value. Don't get me wrong. Like I love our minds. I, I am an, a, a lover of intellect. But there is something that goes beyond intellect because our brain is something that we program. It's a computer. It, it takes what we give it. But intuition goes beyond what we know, quote unquote. It is connected to information that is beyond our understanding. And it's definitely something that isn't spoken of. And when I was speaking about the shame and self-betrayal, this is what happens is we're not, we don't understand our intuition. We're not connected to it. Or we kind of like, I don't know, is that something I can trust? I'm not really sure. And we deny it. And every time we deny our intuition, we're literally creating a little level of, of self-distrust and ultimately betrayal of the self. Not intentionally, but it's just what happens. We keep saying like, that's not safe. That's not safe that's not safe. And so that's 
furthering kind of, so to speak, not directly, but kind of furthering the gap between what I speak of, of this embodied woman and this version of ourselves that is the very wounded, very shut down, you know, disempowered woman ultimately. And so part of the process is, is just what you said, is to learn how to, first off, hear your intuition and then learn how to start to rebuild that self-trust with yourself. A, a term I like to use, and I think it sort of ties in here, both, you know, whether it's the intuitive or, or what is put upon us as we grow. But one trainer I heard use the word rules, the rules we grew up with, and it's the bullshit rules. Mm. And it really hit home how, you know, so much of, you know, hopefully it's it's getting better. I see my grandson and he's not growing up with as many brules as I certainly did. But it really does not allow us to to come into the, the people, the women that we are. So, yeah, I like the way you've been explaining, explaining that. Yeah, and we're definitely in an era, whether, you know, you feel it or not, we're in an era where this is really, really shifting right now. And it takes each individual person to give themselves permission because, because nobody can make us do anything, right? We've been taught that that's how we're supposed to act, but it's really up to us. We have the power in every single moment to say, you know what, I'm not going to choose that anymore. And it takes courage and it definitely also really helps to have either a mentor or other women, other sisterhoods, other groups, or even like a podcast like this, where you feel like, okay, I'm supported <laughs> you know, in this, in this process, but it's, it's each individual, each one of us needs to continuously make that choice that we are going to create something different. And we do that through our actions. So it sounds like what we need is self-trust, but if we can't do that by ourselves, then we, we find the support or the coach or whatever it takes. Yeah. You know, I personally have always had coaches because I heard a great quote and I, and I, unfortunately I don't know who, who said it, but it's like the thing about coaches is they, you can write off their belief in you, right? Cause like a good coach can see who you truly are. And like when I work with women, I see them in their embodied woman. And when I am a mentee of a coach, you know, they see me and you can really ride off of that confidence and that belief, that deep belief and trust that they have in you. And that lifts you up. It's like a wave that like lifts you up from below that can help you ride this, this journey of life. I recently interviewed a gentleman who spoke of stage fright he had his professional life and then he had this passion and he suffered this well, I shouldn't even say suffered he experienced uh this incredible stage fright until one of his mentors said to him when you're on that stage when you're in front of people you're not alone mm -hmm. I'm there with you my mentors are there with you and so on and so on so that whole generation of mentorship is is inside of you and it was really an interesting way of looking at how we can have confidence in what we're doing or what we're experiencing, feeling. 
It's so important. And for women to find other women is so important, you know, because when we do feel like somebody else understands what we're going through, there is so much release and ease that comes with that feeling of being seen and what we're experiencing, let alone being supported and, and how you so beautifully put like that you're backed up by generation after generation <laughs> of generation of, of, you know, power, uh, which is so beautiful. I really love that. Which is interesting when you look at, you know, earlier we spoke of generation and generation, mm -hmm, exactly. um, and, but when they, they come down side by side, it's like, this generation maybe have has a genetic connection, but this generation of empowerment, embodiment is, is what we need to lean into. Yes. And that's what we get to choose to do. We get to choose into, you know, because all of, you know, when we talk about ancestors and we talk about our lineages and we talk about your mothers, 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 those women all had beautiful qualities of them, no matter how challenging their life was or no matter how much they were uncertain in themselves or whatever was going on in them they had beautiful beautiful qualities which is also in you and so we get to choose what we lean into i love how you use that i use that all the time with my partner i always tell him let's lean in and we get to we get to lean on those qualities i think we've been skirting this and, and not quite using the word the divine mm -hmm. can you go there. Absolutely. You know, um, I work a lot with the great mother who is absolutely a divine being. She is, you know, our, our, the divine in it, in the entirety of the divine is, doesn't have a gender, but there are attributes of the divine that show up archetypal in, in gender form, like the father and the mother. And this is ways that we work with what's called duality of our world, because we have feminine energies and we have masculine energies. And so we're able to work with these archetypes of the divine in these ways to better understand ourselves and to better see ourselves. And so the mother is one of these divine and, you know, everybody can connect to her. She's, she's the great mother and she, the divine is something that is, always, always talk about behind you. <laughs> it is who you are. You know, if you think of a, of a window and we're going to make it to, to, uh, what's the called two dimensional, but obviously this is much more dimensional and you break a window and you have all these pieces of glass. You are one of those pieces of glass and the divine is the entire window. The way you can see it is the ocean and you take out one little drop and you're that drop, but you're, you're that water of the ocean and you're not actually taken out of it. You're actually in it. So you're, you're in the divine at all times and you are a fractal is what it's called in spirituality, a fractal of consciousness, a fractal of the divine. But I love the glass example because it's, because it's light. Consciousness is light. And the divine is light and and when we break a piece of glass it has a particular way of refracting and and bending light and that's what makes you unique because you have a particular makeup that refracts light uniquely to you and that's why you experience your life uniquely to you but the divine is who we are 
It is, we are, we are that drop in the ocean. So it is something we are always connected to. We are a part of it. Another way to think of it is the fingers of a hand. You know, we are these little fingers. And so we're always connected. Sometimes we just, we forget <laughs> that we're connected and we think we're disconnected, but it's impossible to be disconnected from creation. How could you be disconnected from creation? You are, you exist and therefore you are. And we create. And we are creators. Absolutely. Especially us women. There you oh. go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go sideways here. Uh, just really briefly, just you reminded me there with your tone of voice. Um, when my former husband and I were first engaged, we were visiting his parents and there was some elderly relatives visiting. And the fellow took me aside and I don't even know these people. And he said, you know, the one thing that just brings so much joy to a marriage is sex mm. and i'm thinking why am i having this conversation with this person this older <laughs> well elderly compared to what i was at the time with this elderly man that i don't even know and then he said when you have sex knowing you're going to create a person and i went okay that's where you're going with this you know but it was just interesting because mm -hmm. i went from complete discomfort having this conversation with this older man that i didn't even know but you just reminded me there of it I love that because that's really, you know, in Tantra, sex is the, and it's not just sex, it's what's called divine union, right? So it's the unification of the masculine and the feminine, which doesn't really matter what sexual identification you have because we have masculine and feminine with us, within us all. But it's about the unification of that. And it's often experienced through sex as one of the avenues. But people think Tantra is just sexual and it's not. There's a whole entire teaching. But the, the point is, is that sex is, is one of the avenues to reconnect to the divine. Okay, I'm going to bring another facet in now. You know, it's fun being on Zoom is we're both talking with our hands and nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, as I pull this facet out of the air, the creative, where does that fit into all of this? Oh, I love that question so much. So when I said I had my Kundalini awakening, Kundalini is what's called Kundalini Shakti, Shakti Kundalini. And Shakti is the feminine version, like I said, the archetype of creation. And she is the creator. And so creativity comes from what's called our Shakti. So the Kundalini Shakti that everybody has, everybody has Kundalini Shakti. You know, when you see the medical signs and they have the snakes that go up, that's Kundalini Shakti. Ironically enough, our medical system, because Kundalini Shakti is our own internal healing energy. It's extremely healing and it's representation represented in our medical system so it's quite beautiful unfortunately we're deeply disconnected from it but I'm that's just gonna think that's <laughs> literally what it what it is and so that kundalini shakti is literally the definition of it is creative life force energy and one of the ways that i like this is one of the ways i work with women is i help them to connect to their shakti through their sexual energy because all sexual energy is shakti but not all shakti is sexual energy so when i say shakti people are like okay that sounds really wonderful what is that you know and so i use their sexual energy to help them start to 
reconnect to that within themselves. And then from that journey, then we connect them to their overall Shakti. So Shakti, creative life force energy. It sits in our pelvis, pretty much right above our perineum. And it's the, it's pure creative life force energy. It's the purity of creation. So it's how we, as like you so beautifully put, we are creators. It's how we create our reality. And the embodied woman has a direct, not only connection to her Shakti, but she knows how to utilize her Shakti. She can bring it on, twist it, turn it, bring it forward, activate it, laser focus it. That's the sexual magic. And what that creates is our ability, not only creativity, you know, but yes, creativity. Like my creativity has just flourished in my process through this. A lot of my clients have written books, even though they had no intention of writing books, they couldn't help themselves because as our Shakti gets activated, we are all highly creative beings. Even if you have never thought of yourself as a creative being, you are. And so as she gets activated, we just, we can't help. We want to create in this creative, beautiful manner. And so it comes out in everybody in different ways, but it, it really expands and it, it really makes our life so delicious and so ripe. I love the way you put that because, you know, growing up, we all take art class, we all go to music, that sort of thing. And, and those are sort of the classic creative pursuits. And for so many years, I always said, no, I'm not creative, you know, can't sing, can't dance, can't. <laughs> But in the last 10 years, with all the tools that are available online, I can spend hours creating, whether it's websites yeah. or posters or just anything, uh, podcasts. Um, so yeah, it, it's, I think it's a matter of never believing that you're not creative, just finding where that creative energy is or what, what the place is. Yeah, uniquely to you. I mean, that's the beauty of it. It's unique to you. And I love how you say the podcast because this is absolutely your creation. <laughs> you know, a really beautiful one at that. So, like, we should really applaud you <laughs> for your creative spirit. <laughs> it's gone from the creative spirit on the podcast to just loving talking to people, uh, meeting new people, hearing about things that I. I I don't know anything about so yeah it's uh, it's it's great now we've been keeping our conversation in the positive but I heard you mention I think in maybe one of your videos something that I think so many women especially us older women um, are guilty of is people pleasing yes and this was something that I was super guilty of um and, uh, and, you know, after my mother was diagnosed with cervical cancer, and I've had several conversations with her, I realized how much she was doing that as well. And I didn't really ever see her that way. My mother is a very stoic being. But when I had the conversation with her, I was like, wow, she really is in that energy. And, you know, I'll bring in this because this is a really beautiful, and this really wants to come through. There's a difference between submission and surrender. Submission is people pleasing, and it is really uh, giving our power away to other people in the presumption that who we are is not perfect and who we are is not safe, right? Because it's a lot about safety. And surrender is 
a, a, an empowered space where we are ultimately surrendered to ourselves, but we can absolutely surrender sexually as well, or surrender into experiences, or surrender to other people. But it is it is with and within our power, and within the recognition of of who we are is absolutely not just okay and safe, but fucking brilliant and beautiful. And you know, I would say this is one of the hardest things for women because we have been generationally taught to just submit, to just make everybody else around you comfortable. And, you know, this is really the energy of the martyr. And I, when I work with women, we go heavily into martyr energy, you know? And so martyrism is the belief that like, I have to make sure everybody else's cups are full before mine. You know, I have to put other people's needs before mine. And, and the, the reality of it is, is our society has labeled martyrism as love and kindness. And that's not what, that's not what love and kindness really is. Love and kindness is not actually putting others ahead of you at the detriment of your own being, right? Like we have to first give to ourselves. We have to first overflow with our own cup because then what happens is we can really show up for other people. So the important thing about people pleasing is to understand is you don't please anybody by people pleasing because it it's you're not actually in your own power you may feel like you are making things around you comfortable and you may feel that you're you know making other people comfortable but you're not actually benefiting anything because you are not in your power and you are creating this disempowered space and really what all that all that does is it disempowers everything you touch so even though you're making somebody feel more comfortable, you're actually creating the energy of disempowerment in their space as well. So if you think of something like, this is, this is one of the examples, like a visual for people. There's, um, you know, oh, like a watering hose, a watering bucket, right? That is holes leaking out, right? And the water is just pouring out of the watering bucket. And you're giving this tiny little stream of water you know, by people pleasing. And meanwhile, all this water is pouring out of your bucket because you're constantly in this disempowered state, okay? You're not really, there's not a focused amount of energy going anywhere. And it's a little trickle here and there versus when you are an embodied woman, you are emanating. You are emanating this Kundalini Shakti. You are emanating love. You are emanating support. You are emanating tenderness. You are emanating power to every single person you come in contact with, whether you speak to them or not, whether they acknowledge you or not. It is very, very powerful. And so that is the difference between people pleasing. And I want everybody to really understand that that is not, it doesn't help anybody because you're literally giving like, a half, a quarter, a tiny little smidgen versus when you are really surrendered into your power, you are giving so much more. And again, going back to this, this is something that we have to, as women and as people, we have to acknowledge in ourselves where we people please and why, because the why is the shame. We people please because we're shameful. 
because we have shame within ourselves. As you heal that shame, the people pleasing goes out the door. Doesn't mean you're not loving, doesn't mean you're not compassionate, doesn't mean you're not empathic. You are, you're all of those things and you're so much more. But now you know how to be in your power and empower others, rather disempower yourself and disempower others. So what I'm hearing is that it's about choice again. As, as so many things in life are, we choose in this moment to do something, whatever, compromise, maybe our time, our space, whatever, because that is our choice to help whoever it is. But we're, we're not the doormat who goes, yes, dear, the minute somebody needs something that whether it works for us or not. Yeah, so. and it's not really helping them. That's the thing to really mm -hmm. understand. Because we believe it's about others, but you're not really helping anyone when you are not flowing full force, power, you, the brilliance of who you are. And, you know, this is something that it, it's conceptual at first, but when you start to experience it, you really see, you see the quality change, the quality of your actions, the quality of your love, the quality of your giving change immensely. And you actually get to do less because it's so high quality energy and attention and awareness, but it is, it's about choice. And you know, there's always two steps to these things. The first one is awareness, right? The awareness that there I am, I'm people pleasing. There I go again. Oh, I did it again. Right. And you want to have awareness without judgment as much as possible. Like just see that you do it. Just let yourself see and just watch. And be curious. Curiosity is one of the most beautiful energies we can play in. Show me, show me my people pleasing because you'll be shown. <laughs> you'll be like, wow, I do a lot of people pleasing. And it's not that you're a bad person or it's wrong or stop that or knock it off, right? It's none of that. It's like you were taught this. So allow yourself to see the full way in which this people pleasing is a part of your reality. So that's step one, awareness of it. Step two is really kind of what I already spoke of is, is to be able to accept that you do it. Because denial, when we deny, we do not see. And we can't change what we don't see. So when you say, okay, I'm willing to see it and I'm willing to see it from a state of acceptance. Like, I understand I was taught this. It doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me weak. It doesn't make me anything. I was taught it. I took it on. Great. Now it's my choice to change it. So I get to accept the best of my ability, forgive myself that I do this. And then the step three would be that choice of choosing in that moment. And you know what? It's going to be messy at first. It's going to be messy. I always think, I say like a, a hose, it's kinked. Like when you first open it, it's like, right? It goes all over the place. Like don't expect you to be able to like just totally in your power choose and like, it's okay. It's going to be messy. You're, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do it like not so gracefully. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. It does not matter, my love. Just simply let yourself take the action to say, you know what, I can't do that right now. I really need to do something for myself. Or, hey, I'm not going to do this just to please somebody else. Or, hey, I'm going to choose differently. Just give yourself permission and take action in that direction. You will get through the mess and you will end up being in such a more powerfully kind, generous, giving, loving, brilliant woman. 
I'm going to address that from the age that I am, because we've been talking about, you know, what came from our mothers and our grandmothers. But to keep that going, we are mothers and grandmothers. So, so what are we embedding, shall we say, into our daughters and granddaughters? Like, like make it stop here if we have some of those, those traits. Yes, and we are absolutely the, we have the power to break those chains. And, you know, I am a mother, I have two boys, but I am a mother, <laughs> they're seven and nine. And that was one of my, you know, my places of having to really own my power was in that motherhood. And what does it mean to be a mother that wants to give to her children and wants to create this loving space, but doesn't want to be in this, like, I, you know, I, my cup is beyond dry at this point. <laughs> I have nothing more to give. And yet I'm still giving, you know, yeah. from that martyrism. And we can, I just want everybody to hear, it doesn't matter what your story is, what your life is, what circumstances you are in, you can make these choices and you can make these changes and you can stop these chains from continuing forward like you so beautifully put, Agnes. I, I think too that, you know, we, we've been talking about grandmothers, mothers, ourselves, our daughters, our granddaughters, but as mothers and grandmothers of boys mm -hmm. to to let to make sure i wasn't going to say to let them but to, to make sure they understand the nature of woman yes so they don't go out there looking for a partner who yes. is the doormat you yes. know so so that is our obligation as, yes. as mothers of boys Absolutely. My boys know very much what the embodied woman looks like, feels like, and expresses herself as. I don't hold back on my expression. I don't hold back on my emotions. They're very familiar and comfortable with all emotion. And they also see myself, me with, with my partner and the, the relationship between the masculine and the feminine him as a man and me as a woman and like the beauty of what it means for both of us to be in our power that neither one of us have to give up power in order to be in a loving and fulfilling relationship as you as you said that i was thinking of that proverbial power struggle yes. and just how it's so exhausting and and yes. it doesn't end it doesn't end yeah everybody knows i come with notes and I do try to come up with original notes and questions, but there was a couple of things that you included in your bio on PodMatch, and I'm going to ask you two things. How is playfulness the unexpected answer to being recognized as a visionary and a leader? I love that you brought this up because I thought the conversation was going to go into playfulness a couple of times. Playfulness is, is what I call the gateway drug. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, right? Like of all the drugs, it's a gateway drug because it's highly accessible, but it's the gateway drug of our creativity, of our creative life force energy, of our orgasmic abilities, of our bliss, of all of these things that I've been speaking today. Playfulness is that the gateway to that. And so when we engage in playfulness, and of course, playfulness looks different for everybody. But when we engage in playfulness, it could be as little much as, you know, turning on a little tune and dancing silly, you know, it can be as much as playing with your dog or with your kids or your grandkids, you know, like 
animals and children are wonderful for connecting us into playfulness, right? Whatever, whatever feels right to you in the moment, but playfulness really engages that creative life force energy and activates when we really understand it, it can activate that genius that I speak of that absolutely, you know, makes you stand out because there is only you, there is, you are the only you, and that makes you a genius. And playfulness is, is the gateway into that as well as pleasure and orgasm and bliss and ecstasy and all of those big hitter, the big hitter drugs, I call them. <laughs> <laughs> so do I get points for saying so many years ago now, almost 40 years ago, that the only reason I had children was so that I didn't have to stop jumping in mud puddles. Yes, <laughs> I love that so much. Yes, yes, you get massive points for that. <laughs> and actually, my, my grandson, who's just turned 13, uh, he remembers when he was about three or four, going out in nothing but underpants and gumboots uh, into a rainstorm in the middle of summer, uh, because that was just so important to do Yay. with his grandma. <laughs> so. Oh my God, I love that. And the fact that he remembers that means yeah. a lot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm always thrilled when he comes up with some of those. Okay, the other thing is, what is the truth about relationships that nobody talks about? Ooh, okay. This is going to be a biggie. Oh, okay. <clears throat> the truth is, in what we were speaking of divinity and consciousness, there is no other. There is no other person that exists. It's all something that we create, that we personally create. You know, the, the saying is we are at the center of our own universe, right? Because we are. Like, you can't be at the center of somebody else's life. Right. You're at the center of your own universe because you're literally creating it. So the truth is, is that everybody in our reality is a reflection of something within us. And especially those people that just rub us the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> they are our greatest teachers. They are our greatest teachers because if somebody is rubbing you the wrong way, they're showing you something within yourself that you are rejecting heavily. But this can be, you know, relationship of your partner, relationship of your children, relationship of your grandchildren, relationship of your coworkers, relationship of your friends, relationship of your family, all of those. If you start to see this as I'm speaking of today, it will bring you so much awareness, like massive awareness is, is that there really is no other person, that they're just reflecting something to you. And let me just end with this really quickly that, you know, with my partner, we had to go through a lot of healing with ourselves to really get to where we are today, which is a very, very powerful and magical place. But one of the things I was really struggling with him was his acceptance of me. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> <laughs> he said he accepted me, but I always felt like when I really was in this sexual power that he didn't accept me. And really what he was reflecting was my own dialogue with my own inner masculine that I had created through my father. Because my father very early on realized how sexual I was and was like, whoa, Nellie, let's put a cap on that. Let's make, you know, keep you safe. Let's, let's, let's suppress that. Let's hide that. Let's, you know, let's not do that, 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 don't do that, right? And so I learned very early on the masculine doesn't trust my sexual power. And I just created that in my partner. And so when I kept, because I, I, this is what I speak of, right? So I was like, darn it, this is a reflection. This is a reflection. And as I continued that dialogue with my own self, 
my own self around that sexual power is accepted, sexual power is innocent, my partner shifted. He changed. And now he is just in it with me. He's like, yeah, let's talk the talk. Let's walk the walk. Let's do the do. <laughs> as, as you said that, I was reminded of a woman who was a dear friend many years ago. She's passed since. But having her explain to me that, you know, she, she always seemed to marry unpleasant men, shall we say. And as her fifth marriage ended, she finally realized that the only consistent person in all her relationships was her. And she maybe just needed to look at inward herself a little bit more. Yes, 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 yes. And it's not to say that we have to, you know, like stay with people just because the reflection is showing us something, you know, toxic is toxic and we can let that go, but we can take the lesson. We can like, just like she did. Wow. The only consistency is me. I'm creating and I'm, I'm, you know, creating this so that the whole point of it was so that she could see that's, that's the beauty of it. It's there for us to learn. It's not there to torture us. It's not there to cause suffering. It's there. So we literally have a mirror to see ourselves through. Okay. Now, last question is one of those little ear catchers. <laughs> From performance to pleasure, how one simple shift can immediately increase intimacy and connection into your life? One? Yes. Permission. We have this idea that we have to do, that we have to, have to, have to's and shoulds, have to's, have to's and shoulds, have to's and shoulds, have to's, have to's and shoulds, shoulds and shoulds and shoulds and have to's, right? Like how many of those? I've never done that before. I was waiting for something else to come out of your mouth and it didn't. I couldn't stop. I just kept going. And that's, you know, by our society. And when we give ourselves permission, to experience that pleasure, permission to stop acting because we have to, stop acting because we should, and just give ourselves permission to do what feels good in our bodies. That's the direct hit to pleasure, the direct hit to the orgasmic life in sex and outside of sex, that permission to pleasure. Well, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Okay, before we wrap, is there anything we haven't talked about that you think older women should think about, embrace? I definitely want the listeners to, you know, honestly, I recommend that they listen to this more than once. Because this is one of those that, that there's several layers of, of wisdom here that sometimes when you come, and it can be a period of time that they can come back and listen to it again, that they will hear it differently. But it's really about understanding. I don't care who you are, what your life has been, you can change. You can change yourself. And like we've talked about, we can break these cycles. And so I really want to instill just like we were talking about, that I believe in each and every one of you deeply. I believe in your power. I believe in your wisdom. I believe in your tenderness. I believe in your capacity to love. 
And if anything, listen to these words over and over and over again so that you can believe in you and in yourself as a powerful woman. As you began that, I was thinking too that we've we've gone several different places today and to come back and listen, absolutely, says the podcast host. <laughs> um, but also sometimes to listen to something that hits home and, and just pause or stop and go away and really digest that and, and deal with it. And then come back and listen to another segment of the podcast. I love that. I always equate it to having a piece of chocolate in your mouth that you're just <laughs> swirling around, right? And you're just enjoying it. So yes, toss a piece <laughs> of chocolate in your mouth, swirl it around and really give yourself permission to ingest the information. Now you hold workshops, is that correct? Um, I primarily do one-on-ones because okay. for me, it's a very, very intimate space that I create with women. So I have some workshops on my website, but I primarily do uh, one-on-ones or very small intimate groups. Okay. And I take it that's by application if I looked at your website correct. correctly? Yes. Just to make sure that the connection is there? Yes. Yes. And I don't know if I offered, there's a self-trust series, so maybe I can send that to you that I think would be really powerful for, oh. for your audience. It's a free three-part video series that they could have to, with this conversation we were talking about with intuition and self-trust. Oh, great. Yes, I would love that. That's good. Where do we find you on the World Wide Web? Uh, LaraSage.com had to look up there you're right <laughs> <laughs> i'm so used to people having something that's not their name that it yes. was like i just clicked buttons i didn't really look at the, the url <laughs> um and you are on social i think aren't you a little bit yeah alara sage everywhere so they can you know instagram facebook youtube and linkedin so. okay and the one thing i will say about alara sage because i read a lot about the woman and saw her name a lot is I was pronouncing it Alara for a while. So there's only one R in Alara. <laughs> yes. Okay. Website links will be in the podcast show notes. All of the links will be part of your bio on our website. Listeners, if you have thoughts on today's show, please talk to us. Leave comments where you're listening. Or if you're listening at the Boomer Woman's podcast at boomwithabang.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and talk to us there. Leave stars and reviews, please where you can. They help us grow. For early access of upcoming episodes, there's a sign up under this conversation at Boom with a Bang. Share this episode with some friends. We mid-age women too often live out our lives being who other people want or expect us to be. As you step into your power, bringing a few friends along with you would add joy. Alara Sage, thank you so much for being my guest today and enticing us to be who and what we can be. Thank you so much, Agnes. This is truly a delight. Have a great rest of the week.